재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Yes, it is Wednesday morning and that means we are taking you on another journey outside Seoul visiting a fantastic city by the name of Gyeongju, a coastal city in the far southeastern corner of North Gyeongsang province. It's actually the second largest city by area in the province after Andong, covering about 1,324 kilometers squared with a population of about 260,000 people and it is, I think, my favorite city in Korea. So you did uh, visit uh, around springtime, you say? Yeah, a year and a half ago, right. yes, when the cherry blossoms were... Were just blooming, and it was absolutely gorgeous. But I think since Korea has the the distinct four seasons, every uh, fall, winter, spring, summer would be a completely different feel. Oh, absolutely, yes. So let's take a brief look at the history of Gyeongju. It was actually the capital city, as you said, of Silla Kingdom, which uh, occupied the Korean peninsula, peninsula with the Baekje and Korea Kingdom. Now, this period is called the Three Kingdom period, as we know. It lasted around 300 years from the early 4th century to the 7th century. But as Baekje and Gokuryo surrendered to Shinla back in 660 and around 668, the Shinla kingdom unified and the Korean peninsula uh, was born and it opened a new era as the unified Shila. And from this establishment of Shila in 557 uh, BC uh, to the collapse in 935, Gyeongju served as the capital for nearly a thousand years. And until today, Gyeongju is called the Museum Without Walls or, or Chonyonkodo, which literally means 1,000 years former capital. And its history continued even after Shila fell. And even traces of the Chosun dynasty are found here, including a Yangdong folk village where traditions of Chosan still remain today. Yeah, the problem is when talking about Gyeongju is there's so much to talk about. So we've just picked out a few highlights. This is not everything. There's so much to see. But one of the big deals is the uh, Sokguram Grotto. It's an artificial stone temple made of granite and it goes back to something like 751 AD uh, made by a man named Kim Dae-sung. He actually passed away before completion but it's known that the rest was built by the Shilla court and was finished at around 774. Um, if you head down to Sokoram, you can see three parts. You've got the antechamber, the passageway, and the rotunda. They're all made of granite, and uh, once you pass the antechamber and the passageway, you'll be able to see this very famous, very popular three-meter-high statue of Buddha seated on a 1.6-meter-high pedestal beneath a stone hemispherical dome. He sits cross-legged with his left hand laid on his left thigh and right hand placed on the right knee, symbolizing the witnessing of enlightenment and the domed ceiling of the rotunda and the entrance corridor um, actually uses a very innovative construction technique that involved the use of more than 360 stone slabs. It's an architectural <laughs> wonder yeah. um, and it is considered to be a masterpiece of East Asian Buddhist art. The thing was though, it was actually abandoned for many centuries. It was only relatively recently rediscovered accidentally in 1909. What happened was a local postman, uh, he actually got caught in the rainstorm mm-hmm. and so he found the nearest cave and lit a candle in the dark and found this huge stone Buddha looking back at him. Quite extraordinary. Can you imagine that? Thinking, oh, the weather is getting a bit uh, wet and you go inside, the first thing you see is a huge Buddha. It's quite extraordinary. But um, Korea was under a Japanese occupation at that time. And Sokuram was dissembled and then assembled by the, the Japanese government general of Korea. The biggest mistake here uh, they made during this process was putting cement on the 
dome, aiming to protect it from external humidity. But it ended up blocking the natural ventilation system that Sokuram originally had. So as a result, moss water droplets started to form in the grotto. And it went through a couple of more times of renovations later by Japan, which all compounded the problems. After the liberation, Korea installed a glass partition and as an air conditioning system to control the temperature and the the moisture uh, problems that comes with the humidity just goes to show how smart these people were when they first created it don't don't mess mess with the old stuff exactly another place that you really should visit is the tomb of king munmu he was the 30th king of the shilla dynasty and uh well he reigned the kingdom from 661 to 681 and it's known that before he died he told his son to cremate his body and bury him in the sea so that he could thwart foreign invasion even after his death and his son followed uh, the king's will, buried him in the sea, and it became the first underwater tomb of the Shilla Kingdom period. It's located about 200 metres away from the shore of the East Sea and made mm. of unpolished natural stones, which are now called the De Wang Am. And the remains of King Munmu are believed to have been buried under the tortoise-shaped rock. However, some historians do debate whether the ashes were actually scattered in the sea or stored in an urn and placed under De Wang Am. All right, now we come to the divine bell of King Songdok. Now, this uh, divine bell of King Songdok is the largest bell preserved. It's it's three point four meters high, uh, two point. 27 meters in diameter and the Gyeongju National Museum found in 1997 uh, that it that its weight is around 18.9 tons quite heavy indeed but this um, bell was commissioned by King Kong uh, Duk to honor his father Song Duk but King Kong Duk never lived to see the bell as he uh, as the bell uh, was made in 771 and it uh, was finished around six years after his death. Now, this bell is known as the Emile Bell, which meant uh, mother in the Shinla kingdom. And a legend holds that this is because uh, a baby was put into a molten metal uh, while making the bell to make the best bell with a clear sound. Now, thanks to the sacrifice of the baby when the bell was complete, it supposedly made the most beautiful sound when struck, which sounded like Emile. Uh, but it has been found that this legend doesn't really hold the truth because one of the most abundant mineral in the human body wasn't found from the bell, according to research. But the divine uh, ki- bell of King Songduk is still well preserved and can make a sound even though it's not struck anymore. But the sophisticated carvings show the skills of artisans from the Shinla Kingdom period that survive till this day. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. We would recommend highly a visit to Kyungju any time of year. It is a fantastic place to go. It's the end of part three. We'll leave with Brian Adams. East Side Story.